0: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your
1: own city home to your biggest rival? The battle
0: of LA is
1: real, people.
0: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to the butting heads podcast from Rams Talk radio i'm steve berbera as always i'm here with johnny gomez johnny um come sunday sports are pretty much over until august besides baseball how you feeling you know i
2: mean the the finals have been uh have been exciting but considering my lakers have been well shit they uh the NBA season has been over long for me, so uh, I did like the postseason. The postseason has actually been probably the most entertaining it's been in years, I think. But um, yeah, uh, I do love my Dodgers. But football, can you get here, please? I, I'm I'm going insane.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the the game last night was. Fucking insane Raptors-Warriors, for those who don't know. Uh, just literally some of the worst down-the-stretch decisions by both teams. A lot of bad plays by the Warriors. The Raptors called a absurd timeout uh, because they were going to lose the timeouts with three minutes left and just did it on basically a finals-ending run, it felt like. And then they called a timeout, and then they lost. So here we are. I might even watch hockey tomorrow, man. I never watch hockey. Uh, it's a game seven, so... Shout out to all the St. Louis listeners. Go blues.
2: You know, you're desperate when you're, when you're about to go watch
1: hockey. (laughs) Hey, no disrespect to hockey. I just, I'm not into it. And you know, honestly, I I don't want to pick up another sport right now. I'm pretty, pretty knee deep into two already. Uh, I mean, I'm doing a podcast about one. So hockey, unfortunately you might have to wait, but game seven might watch it and definitely pulling for the blues for any blues fans listening. Uh, we got a we got a very June show. We're gonna react to a lot of quotes that came out of training camp. There was some good stuff. Before we get into it, guys, though, so, um, obviously you know where to find our podcast. Hopefully, if you don't, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android Player, FM Radio, Public, Spotify. If you're streaming us, find us on a, wherever you're getting your podcast and download us, please. Uh, it's gonna help the numbers. It's gonna help us get you a better show. And don't forget to check out our other shows in the feed, Rams Talk Radio and Rams Uncensored. Now we're getting a lot of content out of you in the offseason, and we appreciate everyone that's riding with us even into the depths of June, into uh what we like to call sports hell once these finals wrap up. But, anyways, well, let's get into it, Johnny. It's a it's a off season Rams podcast, so guess what we're gonna start with?
2: Uh, why don't you surprise me, Steve?
1: <laughs> it's not a surprise. Todd Gurley's knee. Uh, basically oh. the only thing anyone's been talking about for months. We finally got some quotes on it from the man himself, which it seems like we've been lacking. So, Johnny, I'm just going to read a couple here, and then I'll let you react. That we think about everything. Uh, this is what they asked Gurley about how he's doing. He said, I'm fine. I'm training. I'm doing what I'm doing in the off season, What I've always done up to this point. So it's just part of getting ready for training camp in the season. When they asked about workouts, he said, no, same workouts, whatever my trainer tells me to do. When he talked about participating in OTAs, he said, I don't feel like I need to do OTAs. I know what I've done. I know what I can do. Uh, when they were talking about training camp, he said, I'm ready for camp. It'll be it'll be here slowly but surely, and we'll all be back together. And the final and probably the most significant quote was he said, I had bigger problems to worry about coming out of college. This is small. That's obviously referring to his ACL tear. Um, for those who have been in cryo freeze or prison or living under a rock for the past six months he's referring to the rumored arthritis that he's contracted in his knee uh, that was partially to blame for him being injured last season and allegedly to blame for him not playing in the playoffs I still don't believe that but Johnny I'll just hand it to you what do you make of all this with the new information we have
2: I'm actually intrigued what Todd Gurley's knee tweets out, just because <laughs> he has his own Twitter account. Not Todd Gurley, but his knee. <laughs> I I, I actually out. thought that was hilarious. Did 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 you see that Todd Gurley's knee has a Twitter account?
1: <laughs> I'm going to it, I'm going to its page right now, uh, <laughs> seeing if he's got any quotes.
2: Uh, I'm I'm curious. We we got it from the man, but did you, did we get the quotes from his knee?
1: Uh, the, t- the two knees accounts, I think, are are from Georgia. I decided to take the rest of the season off after being eliminated from the playoffs.
2: Aw, uh, I, I think he might have deleted. Uh, i had seen it a while ago. I think he might have deleted it or changed his name or something. But uh, anyway, going off topic there. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's th- un- as far as the... Yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as uh, what Todd Gurley had said, it is a little bit comforting, honestly, because it kind of gave us a little more perspective of what's actually going on with him. He still hasn't said what the hell is actually wrong with his knee, which is still frustrating as all, Hal. If If it's not a big deal, why not just tell us? I, I mean he basically said it's not a big deal. Well, okay. Fine. Great. What's not such a big deal? Why keep us in suspense? Why worry about this and and why have to, you know, see all this evidence going forward that his knee is going to be a more in a bigger issue down the line? And I get it, you know, he did say he had more things to worry about regarding his ACL tear and yeah that is something to worry about but you're not giving exactly what's wrong here you know an ACL tear is serious yes absolutely it it can actually ruin careers for sure but still where where's where is it gonna be where is it gonna fall so in a way it's a little bit frustrating too because you still don't really know uh just that Maybe he he doesn't feel it's that big of a deal. And that's kind of a good attitude to have if it is serious. Because uh, if if it's not going to bother him, maybe his production won't suffer as much as we might think it will. But again, until we actually know for sure what the hell is wrong with his knee, we're still going to have all these questions, and there's still going to be speculation if we have Todd Gurley unlimited time. But that's kind of my thoughts on that.
1: By the way, I did find the account you're referring to, Todd Gurley's Knee, at T.S. Knee. Uh, Still updating, joined in March 2019. Uh, His last tweet was actually about Kevin Durant. It said, so from now on, when some fan or talking head criticizes a player for not playing through an injury, should we just say Durant? Uh, First of all, Durant is going to get a max contract, no matter what the outcome or what the sentence, I'm lo- losing words. No matter what the injury is that he gets diagnosed with, he's getting maxed. So this isn't a Kevin Durant or basketball podcast. So back to back to the knee that we're worried about. It would have been nice to hear him say exactly what it is, obviously. But I don't know if we're ever going to get that. I I think, I you know, the quotes, he's kind of just – Saying something while also saying nothing. Basically saying what he's been doing up till now, which is, no, nothing, but he'll be ready, which we all expected. I, it, just for how not kind of nonchalant about it, I don't think he'll miss any time. And I honestly don't think his production is going to take a dip. I mean, you could say he looked different in the playoffs, but it, he, the the mistakes he made in the New Orleans game were mental. And I think it's a really the only, really, like, bad game he played. The whole offense was bad in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to throw it on, on him by himself. It was more on Goff and McVay, I'd say. Uh, but he ran for 100 yards in the, the semifinals against Dallas. He looked good. I don't think anyone was concerned about his health in that game. He looked great. Yeah, he split carries with C.J. Anderson, but that's because C.J. was killing it. And honestly, I think come the regular season, he's just... It's just gonna get trimmed back a little bit. We're gonna see more Daryl Henderson. We're gonna see more Malcolm Brown. And I I'm I'm worried a little bit long term, but I think the organization is gonna be smart. I don't think they're gonna run into the into the ground. I think it's gonna be a lot of load management. And hey, you look at the NBA finals right now, Kawhi Leonard was on load management all year, so they could be running him as hard as he can go in the playoffs. We'll probably see something a little similar with Todd Gurley. I don't think he'll miss time, but he'll probably get his touches trimmed back by, I don't know, five, six touches a game. Snap count back a little bit, and I think that's fine. I I think you you know that unless something crazy happens, and look, it does happen in football all the time, we will probably be in the playoffs. At worst, I'd say a, a wild card, but more than likely winning the division, possibly even getting a bye, that's when you want to have Gurley ready for you. Just want you need him every week, yeah. But you just you got to make sure you don't run him into the ground. And the only concern I'd say is for running back. Sometimes they need a couple touches to get going. I still think he's going to get enough touches to get going. I don't see him coming out there and getting like nine carries in a reception during a game. I, I think it'll be more normal than people think. If if that makes sense,
2: it, it does actually, and. And the thing too is is, I think people really need to think about this for a second because some people are kind of viewing this as the Rams trying to save Todd Gurley, um, it, well, essentially his career. You know, they they want him to uh, at least you know meet the value of his contract to an extent, and you know, jig's still up for that. We we don't know if and and that's where any player for that matter. You know, we, we don't know if he's going to meet the value of the contract that we gave him. And that's up for debate for any player that you give a new contract to. But I think that's overthinking a little bit. Yes, of course, the, they're going to try and conserve his longevity. But I think even before this reported knee issue, I, I think that was kind of the goal all along, was to try and trim back his uh, his carries, like you said, And they were kind of going into that direction with the inclusion of uh, CJ Anderson, you know, him being as talented as he was just kind of made it come a little bit sooner than we expected. So adding a guy like Henderson along with other guys like uh, Malcolm Brown is going to be helpful because while I don't think it'll be running back by committee per se, uh, I can see McVay saying, well, Anderson has the hot hand in this game. I'm going to feed him the ball a little bit more than I normally would, or uh, or even say that with a uh, Brown or Kelly for that matter. So I, I still think that Gurley will get the bulk of the carries, just maybe not nearly as much as he got in the past.
1: In the and NF- in the semifinals, of the game where both Gurley and Anderson. Ran for 100 yards each. Gurley got 57% of the touches and or er, snaps. And Anderson got 43%. I'd be shocked if the splits were any lower than that between uh, Gurley and a combination of Brown and Henderson and may, maybe Kelly, but doubtful. Um, I So, I mean, I would guess Gurley plays about 60 I'd probably guess 65 snaps per game. If I had to guess what sucks for us. And, um, you know, when you consider drafting Tagreli in fantasy and we're going to do, we're going to talk about that next week, fantasy wise, but you, we're not going to see him till week one of the season. We'll you know, we'll see him run some clip, some clips of him running in training camp. I'm sure, but he's not probably not going to be doing hard contact drills in training camp. And he, he didn't play in the preseason last year, so why would he play in the preseason this year when we have this to worry about? So it, it's it's going to be weird because we're really not going to see this guy play for until week one. And we're just going to continue to have all these questions, man. And it's, you know, how much more, how much more can we say about it, you know? I, I think we've said all we can say.
2: Well, at this point now, he's basically, uh, he basically said those quotes just to kind of shut people up. Which it won't because he still hasn't said what the issue is, uh, but you know that that was more or less the goal of these quotes was like, guys, relax, I'm fine. Uh, there's nothing to be worried about. I'm gonna be ready week one, and that's basically the all he's gonna say on the matter unless you know unless he finally is ready to tell everybody. But I I don't think I I think we probably won't know until maybe. Uh, later in the year If not the end of uh, the offseason
1: yeah, We probably won't know Ever, I think we know. We might know all we, we're Going to know until his Time is up uh, Which hopefully is not for a while But I think we can move on from Todd This will not be the last time we talk about it in the off season, I am sure Let's talk about another set of quotes We got Aaron Donald uh, Talking about the Super Bowl Here's what he said, we'll do the same thing I'll read him off, then Johnny you can react uh, When he's asked about Super Bowl and he was talking about, he said, you lose the way we lost in Super Bowl. You just want to suit back up. Um, and then when he asked how he felt, he was just said, a lot angry, just motivated me. It pushed me. I took a couple days off, three days, and I was back in the weight room. If anything, it just motivated me more because that's what I want. That's what I need to accomplish. I need a ring on my finger. To be that close, to be there and fall short, it just pushed you to work a little harder. He also said, I was talking about how he's going to grow. You got to get better. The better you get, the more attention you get. And for me to continue to have success and for me to do my part to try and help my team get back there, I've got to get better myself so I can continue to be productive and make those plays. He went on talking about if they can get back, if the team can be back there. He said, we got the mindset. We know what we need to do. We know what we want to do. We've got the talent here. We got the coaches. So when you've got all the pieces and everything, you put it together how we need to and going through how we did last year. Just the success we had, the ups and the downs, I think I'm going to make us I think it's going to make us that much better of a team, a more complete team, a team that's been through it. I hope those came out enough. That was a lot of reading. Johnny, what do you make of Donald's quotes um uh, talking about how what will happened and how he felt about the Super Bowl?
2: I'm gonna totally fanboy here, so bear with me, Steve. Uh this is exactly why Aaron Donald is the best player in football. And I know those are bold that's a bold statement but li- hear me out. So Aaron Donald we can agree that Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in football. We can even make an argument that he's the best defensive player in football. But that kind of dedication, that kind of passion, that's something you don't find in many pe- in many players. Even many quarterbacks who's supposed to be the quote-unquote leader of the overall team. This is coming from a defensive tackle who is a difference maker. He makes everyone better around him, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's trying to get everyone not only better himself but better around him. And when you get those kind of players in the locker room, that's the type of players that coaches like Wade Phillips and uh, Le- and um, Sean McVay, that's the type of players that they dream of. So for those few that were kind of confused on why we paid Aaron Donald so much money, uh, it's it's pretty damn clear now. Yeah, uh, I, I will stand by my statement. This is one of the reasons why he's the best player in football. Again, I know I'm totally fanboying here, but it's true. Th- this guy is exactly <laughs> what you want in a football player.
1: No, there's no question about it, man. I mean, he's coming off. One of the best seasons for a defensive tackle in the history of football, and he's talking about how he can get better and how he needs to get better. And yeah, you, you love to see it, man. You, you love to see your guy talking like this. If you were questioning that he was worth all that money, you shouldn't have been. It seemed pretty obvious. We were telling you, uh, he is... One of the game's biggest difference makers. I can't even imagine how bad our defense would have been without him last year. And it's considering, and that's even factoring in how much talent we had in this defense. But yeah, I love it, man. I pulled up a Aaron Donald fact uh, just to throw out on the podcast because I saw uh, a fact and I just dug a little deeper. Since 2010, Aaron Donald is third among defensive tackles in sacks. He didn't start playing until 2014 and the only other guy in the top 10 that entered the league in 2012 or later was Fletcher Cox who was eighth and he entered in 2012 so with a three two to four year head start usually three to four uh Donald is still third on that list which is insane uh just I don't know how this guy gets any better but I can't wait to see how he tries
2: You know the fact that he's trying, though, to improve what has already been a historic season—the best any defensive tackle has really ever seen. That's incredible. And if he can get any better, uh, you're going to have a lot of scared offenses. Let me tell you, a lot of scared quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, we already do have a lot of scared quarterbacks.
2: No, that's (laughs) we'll get
1: we'll get even more. All right, well. We'll move on here, but guys, before we do, we got to tell you about our sponsor and our friend Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Uh, It's a great story, guys. If you want to learn more about the team's history, a bit of a personal touch about the history of sports in Los Angeles and an era that – Times have changed since the 50s, and it's interesting to dig back in it. you got to check out this book. It tells the story of the 1950s Rams who lines of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. It's a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to learn about guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fierce, and les richter in this story spanning the 1950s los angeles ramps if you want to pick up a copy of the book if you haven't yet obviously we highly recommend it uh, i just read mine recently it was great i got the hardback it's beautiful you can get it at hollywoodsteam.com you can get it in hardback and electronic form at amazon and barnes and noble and various other booksellers on the internet and the paperback is coming out in september so if you want to wait until the paperback I love the hardback. I would recommend you get that. But coming out in September, we will keep you updated on that. You can even find this book on Twitter, Hollywood's Team. Guys, it's worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. But it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me. Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk is worth your time. And if you need help finding this book, just hit us up. We'll link you to the links you need. All right. Moving on. A An- Johnny, what's the uh what would you say is the second most talked about thing we've had this offseason? Second most.
2: Um That's a good question. Because yeah, it's, mainly it's been it's mainly it's been girlie's
1: knee. Uh there's another one. It's about how many trucks we will need to fit all of the money we're gonna pay Jared Goff next offseason uh, yeah. big news coming out of philadelphia this week carson wentz got extended four years 128 million dollars 107 million guaranteed 32 million dollars a year uh, goff and wentz have the same agent so this is you got to think this is the starting point for where Jared Goff will start negotiating. What was your reaction to the signing and um, if it, if you think it'll affect Goff's contract at all?
2: Well, as far as uh, Goff is concerned, it's it's interesting because as far as Carson Wentz is, he, it, it actually kind of baffled me a little bit that A, you already given Wentz an extension, uh, considering that, I mean, obviously Carson Wentz is a a guy that they pretty much put all their eggs in a basket for him because they let go of Nick Foles, which makes sense because he was going to get paid. But at the same time, you are giving him this gargantuan contract. He has an injury history, so... For me, it, it kind of baffles me a little bit because uh, he he's talented, no doubt. But is he worth $30 million? I'm not so certain. Uh, I I could be wrong because, again, I'm not saying that he isn't talented because he certainly is. It's just I, I don't know if you can really justify paying him that much money. Now, does this affect goth? Absolutely, because now Goff is like, well, not only was I selected before Wentz, but I've performed better than Wentz, and I've been relatively healthy. So do I deserve more money? I think so. And this is why like he might get a really enormous contract in – you know, you can make an argument whether he deserves, you know, Russell Wilson money, uh, and and I don't know. Like for me, this kind of scares me because he's gonna he's gonna require a lot of money, and I I'm just curious how much is this gonna cost the Rams?
1: A lot. I there, I'll tell you why why you pay him, uh, even if he's not particularly worth this huge contract, which I think he is. I think you're discrediting him. He he really had. You could argue last year was the worst year of his career, and his numbers were still pretty freaking good. Uh, all things considered, you know, 2017. Man, he you you put his 2017 year was better than anything Goff has done so far, and that's saying a lot because Goff was really fucking good over the last two years. But you know, Wentz was if he didn't get hurt, he probably he might have won MVP that year, and you could say, yeah, the team was good around him; they won a Super Bowl. But he was still kind of carrying that team up until that point, and then Nick Foles just went berserk in the Super Bowl and the the playoff run. But look, here's this is what happens if you don't pay a quarterback; you have to get another. And how many times do we see teams get saddled with guys like, you know, Marcus Mariota, uh, even worse, Sam Bradford. Uh, even worse, you could, you could end up with um, no, Blake Bortles. No disrespect to our boy, but there's a reason he's making $1 million this year. It's It might seem like it's not that hard because we have a lot of good quarterbacks in the league right now. But if you have the guy and you let him walk and you – unless you can go get another guy, a proven guy, which is going to cost you a shitload of money usually – maybe not as much, maybe not 128 million over four years, but a lot you're drafting a quarterback and the Eagles are loaded with young talent as are we. And I guess it's kind of an argument for both of them. You, even though it sucks to pay a quarterback this much as your cap, everybody's going to have to do it. The window to win when he's on his rookie contract is important. And it's going to be a big year for us this year because we're going to have to do the same thing with Goff soon. But When you have the talent there and you let the quarterback walk so you can spend that money on other positions and hope that you can draft a guy that's good enough, if you don't hit it, that sets your franchise back for years. I mean, look, even like you look back at Mark Sanchez and the Jets run when they made those two FC Championship games, Sanchez was just managing the games. And, you know, to his credit, he got him to choose NFC AFC championship games, but if you got a better quarterback in there, the team might have won a Super Bowl. That defense was wild. That was an incredibly good defense, and you know the Mark Sanchez probably held that team back. Um, if they had a better quarterback, they might have gotten a ring. But you know the the rest is history. He he. After the run, he continued to not be that good and they didn't make it you have to capitalize when you have this guy and I think it's easier to put the other pieces around a quarterback through the draft than it is to put the quarterback around the other pieces because there's not a lot of franchise quarterbacks out there and Carson Wentz even if he's a little iffy last year in 2017 proved that he could be that guy and because you let Nick Foles go you have to give Wentz the money this is the market value for him doc prescott is going to get an equally disgusting contract and even though i think he's the worst out of the three the cowboys have to do it with him too and we have to do it with goff because look man you could say the system is making garrett goff you could say maybe blake bortles can do the same thing but you don't know that you know you can do it with jared goff i don't want to hear that he played bad in the super bowl because that's one freaking game He had a couple bad games last year, but for the most part, he led the team to the Super Bowl. He made some incredible plays, incredible games, and built an incredible resume in the process. And you pay him for that. He earned the money. It's just like, it's not similar to Aaron Donald because he's kind of a generational talent at his position. But you have to pay off because it's a lot of work to replace a guy like that. And you already have so many pieces in place. That are in position to win a Super Bowl, you don't risk that by letting a guy like this walk. And it's the Eagles did it, the Cowboys are going to do it, and we're going to do it. And I'd be shocked if any of those players don't get huge contract extensions.
2: Yeah, for sure. They're even a guy like Dak Prescott, who I I don't think is even in the same league as you know Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. I I say that you know these are guys that are proven in these systems. Uh, especially in terms of Jared Goff, he he works really well in in Sean McVay's system, and that's that's something that uh, while I do have confidence that when it's time for Jared Goff to leave the Rams, whether whether it's uh, this contract or the next one, I I think that it'll be a little easier because of Sean McVay's kind of offensive minded, um, you know, style. I think it'll be easier to find that quarterback. However, it won't be easy to get a quarterback because, you know, while you can, like you said, throw in a guy in there and hope for the best, it just, it doesn't always work out that way. And you don't want to throw that opportunity away by, you know, this could be a dynasty, and that's exactly what every franchise is hoping for: is a dynasty, you know, maybe even as great as uh, the New England Patriots. As much as I, ugh, I feel like I need moth after that one, but you, every every franchise dreams of dynasties like that. So it, well,
1: and look at it like this: not not to cut you off, but Tom Brady during the first couple years of that run, he was. I this might be a bold statement, but Jared Goff in year three. You could argue he's better than Tom Brady in year three. Uh, I, I really don't think that's an aggressive of a statement. The The numbers are there. Now, am I saying that Jared Gopp is going to be better than Tom Brady? Absolutely fucking not. I'm not a psychopath. But it, Brady, it took him a little while to kind of ease into the system. He was good. But those teams were winning because of coaching and defense. And look, look at them now. What are we what years for Brady? Like year nineteen twenty. The only constants yep. with that team are Brady and Belichick. I I don't think Jared Goff is going to be as good as Tom Brady, but he certainly can be a really good player. He I'm not saying he will be, but he certainly has potential. If he continues to get better and on his trajectory, he could, he could put up, he could get close to Hall of Fame numbers. He could have a really good career. I mean, he he's only gotten better every year. I don't know how long he's going to continue to get better, but you look at Tom Brady. In the year he won his third Super Bowl, he threw for uh, about 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That was when he won his third Super Bowl. Three years later, in the eighth year of his career, after they'd already committed to him fully, he throws for 4,800 yards, 50 touchdowns, and eight interceptions, You don't want to let a quarterback go before they make that jump because, yeah, quarterbacks get better, but a lot of them peak later in their career. It's important to win under a rookie contract, and, like, you know, Russell Wilson was really good when they won the Super Bowl, but he's better now. These guys only get better. I don't really see Jared Goff getting worse, Uh, and you you need to lock him up, man. You need to lock him up, and I'm going to defend Dak Prescott too. Is he worth – Thirty million dollars in a vacuum no but it's market value every quarterback that is considered above average basically is gonna approach that money I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback is he great Not too early to tell I don't think so yet but he's good he can get the job done he's proven he could win uh, outside of his second year he's pretty much kept the turnovers down and when you have an offense that runs through the running back like they do, that's that's one of the huge sasks. And I just, I think you pay these guys. Uh, I know we're buttonheads a little, but it's market value. It's what quarterbacks are making. I think you, I've been saying this for months, you lock them up. You don't risk that guy walking because like you said, the Rams could potentially become a dynasty. And will they become a Patriots-like dynasty? I mean, probably not, but... You look at what the Sealers have done over the years. Uh, you look at what the Colts did with Peyton. Could we get to that level? Yeah, I think so.
2: I hope so, man. That that would be sweet. Uh, but I will butt heads with you on the uh, on Dak Prescott. I'm sorry, I just I can't see paying the guy thirty million. I I, I think that that's kind of for like a top seven five-ish quarterback and i can't honestly say that i even see dak in the top well maybe in like number 10 number nine like i i just i don't know i can't see him
1: paying that much i i can't well i i think you look at See, here's the thing because like you look at how much a lot of quarterbacks are making. It's become thirty million because any time a quarterback comes up for an extension now, they're gonna be, you know, getting this kind of money. But you look at what quarterbacks are making. All right, I'm gonna name a bunch of quarterbacks that are worse than Dak Prescott. Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty seven point five million a year. Derek Carr, twenty five million a year. Alex Smith, twenty three point five million a year, Joe fucking Flacco, twenty two point one million a year. Nick Foles just got a new contract. 22 million dollars a year uh
2: that's ridiculous
1: Kirk Cousins who I don't know if he's better or worse than Dak Prescott but I think they're if you were ranking quarterbacks they'd be pretty close 28 million he's 31 years old Dak is younger Dak has a lot more room to grow than you know Kirk Cousins he's only 25 years old you pay him and you see what happens and while I for Dak in particular. I don't think you make the guarantees as high as say Wilson and Wentz got, but you give them that money and you see what happens. Because if you've got a guy that you think can lead you to a Super Bowl, you are confident in it. I think you lock him up. I mean, even like Bortles, he got he got a decent size extension before he they realized what we all knew that he wasn't that great and he got cut. Uh, no, again, no offense to Blake, y'all know I love him, but. I you just lock up these guys, man. I think it's what you do. Sometimes it backfires, but if you don't lock him up, you let him walk, you draft a quarterback and that quarterback sucks and you ruin your championship window, you're losing your job as a general manager 110% every time. All right. <laughs> you got anything to add there?
2: Uh just that I, I just uh I think in this case for the Cowboys I I would take a risk in, and try and find at least uh someone to the equivalent of free agency if one comes available.
1: Yeah, but or who may- who would come available? Think about how like think about the best quarterbacks in the league. How little like how rare is it that a quarterback um changes changes teams? I think the last uh free agent quarterback who was truly undisputed a guy you can get and win a Super Bowl with was Peyton. I mean, look at Kirk Cousins. Look at the money he got. Uh, You think if you were the Cowboys, would you want to let Dak walk and pay a Kirk Cousins-level player slightly less money? You have to have him. You have to reteach him the system. You have to um, have him make a connection with players. Dak already has a great rapport with Elliott. He got chemistry with uh, Amari Cooper pretty quickly. And as we could tell in Oakland, it's not as easy as it sounds. I just, there's not that many good quarterbacks that come up that often. I mean, the the quarterbacks that have changed teams in recent years are Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, and Nick Foles. I mean, you're not that excited about any of those guys. You could trade for Andy Dalton if you want, but out of all, like, I, it's just hard to do better. I think Dak is just above the line enough that you commit to him and you see what happens because it's hard to get these guys, man.
2: What's your, what's your hate for, for Joe Flacco, man? He's good.
1: No, he isn't.
2: I'm just messing with you.
1: <laughs> man, you were about to throw, go off on me, man. <laughs> He's not good. <laughs> and look, but, uh, even... Even Flacco, the money's obviously not the same now because it was different when he re signed. He proved enough that you could win with him. We all knew he wasn't that good. But what are you going to do? Get rid of him and go get somebody else and kind of just reset the whole thing? You just, you got to keep him. You got to keep those guys. Um, I mean, look, even uh, Colin Kaepernick, who I think when he signed his extension, who would you have said was better after year three Dak or, or Kaepernick Dak right yeah yeah you 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 got to keep the guy man they kept that da- uh Kaepernick obviously a lot happened after he signed that contract but you keep the guy man because you know that he can get you where you need to go and I I I don't know about you, but I wouldn't blame Dak for the the loss in the playoffs to us this year. I wouldn't really blame Dak for the loss his rookie year. And even if you were, it was his rookie year. Uh, I just, I think you got to keep the guy. And this is, you know what? I'll, I'll just, I'll be the pro Dak Prescott guy. I feel like everyone on Rams Twitter hates Dak Prescott. I'll be the pro Dak Prescott guy. He's a pretty good quarterback. He's not Goff. He's not Wentz. But he's better than a lot of alternatives out there. And, yeah, you cripple your cap by paying him, but you're also locking up the most important position on the team to a guy that is good enough. Uh, good enough, it's not the best you could hope for, but you know what? A lot of times people who do good enough in life have pretty good lives.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, it got, it got so uh, deep there. <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. Uh, I just always thought you pay the guy. Uh, That's the end of my rant. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about – let's talk about Eric Weddle real quick before we wrap up. We don't have to do a ton of time on this, but uh, you mentioned that we could discuss this. Eric Weddle already has gotten high praise from teammates. Uh, Marcus Peters called him a genius when they asked Gerald Everett his quote – or asked about if he agreed with Peters' set peters assessment why am i calling him peterson everett said no On talking about what being genius he said he is he's almost like having a McVay on defense he's giving me some of the best looks i've ever seen to see him out here and compete i can't say enough i'm happy i know for sure i won't see guys like that on most game days at least he's switching up his looks and giving me the best look i could possibly see and just letting me work around it obviously awesome to have a guy like this on the team no Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, You know, whenever you get a compliment like that, especially from an offensive player, that's it says a lot, you know, and and it it isn't just Everett. You know, we've heard lots of good things about Eric Weddle from, uh, you know, people on defense, from uh, people that are close to the team. So, whenever you get that kind of report back, you know, that's exactly what you want from a from a veteran because it's not even so much that, yes, we obviously knew that Weddle was talented, but to get this type of guy to, you know, be essentially another coach out there, that's, that's an added bonus. And we just drafted Taylor Rapp, who we are predicting will eventually take his place once he retires. So that's exactly the kind of guy we want Rapp to learn from or, you know, so, all in all, I, I really do like the signing of Weddle even more, uh, and you know, letting go. Of Marcus Joyner is starting to seem even better.
1: When? When's the last time we we even had a, a veteran safety, Quentin Michael? Like yeah. was that the last vet safety we brought in before we just started drafting guys and undrafted dudes and whatever?
2: Yeah, I think that would be the last guy.
1: Yeah. Huh. It's crazy. Wow. So it's it's a position that we haven't had like a a certified vet at, you know, a guy who's proven before he proved it with us. We've had a, we've had a lot of decent safeties um, over the last couple of years. But, you know, this is the first time in a while we've had a guy who comes in with a wealth of NFL knowledge. And it's cool to see. I think every other position on the defense over the past few years has had somebody like that filter in. Um, but this is new for safeties and it's cool, man. I'm excited. He's, he's a very good player. I think he's going to succeed very much in this defense. He'll teach John Johnson a lot, who I think we both agree is the next guy we would hope on defense gets a big contract. And that's, that's about all I got to say about it, man. It's cool. It's, Quentin Michael was a long time ago. Uh, Fun fact, I won tickets to a St. Louis Rams game from Quentin Michael on Twitter. Uh, I was in Milwaukee at the time, so it would have been doable to get there if it was on a weekend. But it was a Thursday night game. I had school, and I couldn't go. So I had to give him away.
2: Wow, you built up a high there. and Damn, that sucks.
1: (laughs) Well, I was a freshman in college. I didn't have a car. Uh, I st- <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but I still thought going to class was very important to succeeding in college. Um, which it is, <laughs> but you can miss one, you can you can miss a couple and be fine if you get something cool to go to. Um, kids stay in school. I did; it's worked out so far. Uh, but <laughs> that's my Quentin Michael story. I bet listeners did not expect to hear a Quentin Michael story on the podcast.
2: I bet some listeners forgot that Quentin Michael was on the was on the Rams.
1: I bet some listeners don't know who Quentin Michael is. Uh, I bet a decent amount of them don't. Wow. <laughs> uh, not a lock on the listeners, but I'm sure we do have some fans that came over from L.A. I'm sure they knew a lot of players on the team that were in the St. Louis era. He probably wasn't one of them. Uh, no offense to Quentin Michael. Uh, like the dude gave me free tickets on Twitter. So cool guy. All right. Any parting thoughts before we wrap up here? Uh, just go Raptors. Go Raptors. Uh, I agree. You know what? I don't know if I agree anymore. Um, but keep in mind. I'm also a Spurn Sixers fan who is mad that the Raptors didn't win game five because then I could have claimed we came in second because we had the best series against the Raptors.
2: Is that the only reason why you don't want the Raptors to win?
1: No, uh, well, no. I, if they win game six, then I want them to win, but I don't know. It would also be, I, I think sometimes we do it with the Patriots. We've done it with the Warriors. We tend to not appreciate greatness and what the Warriors are doing is fucking incredible, man. It's five straight years going to the finals in a very tough conference uh, this year was the weakest year that they've had in the last five years, um, and I mean they still made made it look easy. To be completely honest, uh, their toughest series in the Western Conference playoffs was the Clippers in the first round. They're you know Kevin Durant and Steph Curry to me are one A and one B, and one of those guys comes back. They were missing him the whole series, goes down, and they still win a insanely hardball game in a crazy tough environment it's just curry curry clay draymond Iguodala, those guys are legends man and if they come back and win the series it's arguably just as impressive as when lebron did it a couple years ago maybe even more it's just insane um so either outcome is good with me because the raptors winning would be cool too and if Kawhi leaves after they win the championship, that's a whole nother side of crazy.
2: Well, here's hoping they come to the. He comes to the Lakers. I'm just saying, but uh, <laughs> he ain't coming to the Lakers. <laughs> I, I You know what? A man can dream, Steve. A man can dream. But I, I think one of the main reasons why people are dogging uh, the Warriors this time around is because it, it's not really like. A, a really developed team it's something that was kind of put together by a group of all-stars kind of like what the Miami heat did a, a you know many years back uh with wade with uh Bosch and and LeBron you know it, it just doesn't feel as you know great to see these kinds of teams win as opposed to like a Spurs team that was you know placed together um and you know kind of grew, in a more chemistry sense rather than, you know, just the peace superstar sense. And I think that's ultimately why you have more haters there. Uh, you know, that's basically what the NBA has become uh, more or less, which kind of saddens me a little bit. Cause even when you go back to the days where the Sixers were, were in the finals, you know, they were a really, really talented bunch with a bunch of great, role players. Yeah, they had their superstars in Iverson and Dikembe Mutombo, but they also had really good, talented role players. And no, I they did they...
1: You're talking about the 2001 Sixers? Yes. No, they didn't. What role players? Had... Eric Snow? Aaron yeah. McKee? I thought you were talking about the Lakers when you started that rant, and I was like, going to be okay with it. That Sixers yeah, team was not good. Like this... Allen Iverson carried that team by He did. Yeah, that they they were not a very good team. You're they, wrong, they you're wrong
2: on that. No, 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 man. I I don't buy that for a second. They were a decent team. I feel like the real players were underrated. If anything, I like Darren uh, Eric Snow. I like Darren McKee.
1: They weren't that good. Um, but to to counter your other point, the you're you're not you're not wrong in this. I think that is why people don't like the Warriors because KD just signed there. But at the same time, when we talk about building a great team, the Warriors won 73 games and still had enough cap space in the offseason to sign a max contract while keeping their four best players under contract, which is like another insane feat. That's partly on how the CBA worked out, but that's like another just incredible feat of team building is... They did put this team together like the Spurs did with draft picks. Um, Their biggest free agent signings were Iguodala and David Lee, who you probably forgot existed. And they still were able to have enough cap space to go get Kevin Durant, which is crazy. Uh, That kind of changed the perception and the trajectory of their team. But uh, I'm not going to knock a team for signing Kevin Durant ever. And honestly, if I was Kevin Rant, I probably would have done the same thing. But um, I think you're right and wrong. And you're definitely wrong about that Sixers team being good because they were not that good.
2: I'm just saying, I, I really like the role players.
1: <laughs> I can't. the I don't know what is more shocking about this podcast that I told a Quentin Mike, Michael story or that you're defending the 2001 Sixers role players. I mean Can you name another guy besides holders? the three guys we named?
2: Um I mean I have to really think about that one. It's been a while. I mean, how old were you even when that when that when those finals happened, Steve? You're younger than I am.
1: Yeah, I was like seven or eight. <laughs> Damn. Old but, enough to play NBA Live and old enough to know that those role players weren't good. And like, I don't. I'm still right about this, dude. They were playing like Todd McCullough was guarding Shaq. Well,
2: I mean, I can't disagree with you there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but,
2: but uh, I mean, I I will say that uh, you you were in an era where the where the East was even worse than, than they are now.
1: Yeah, Um, the Lakers were, and no, not for all the Lakers fans still listening. First of all, thank you because we've been talking about basketball for like five minutes. But that Lakers team was dominant. And just because they had a bunch of cakewalks in the finals against shitty Eastern teams, you know, like we said about the Warriors, it's still impressive that they went to four finals in five years against an insanely talented Western Conference with Tim Duncan with Chris Webber, who was an underrated player and should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, with there was a really good Portland team during those couple of years. Yep, uh, the Mavericks were rising. Dirk was rising. Uh, it, another impressive feat by them. But uh, I just think when we don't like a team, we don't appreciate until they're done how good they are. And uh, be you know going since they signed Kevin Durant, going. What they got eight and one in the finals against LeBron. Uh, I know that Cavs team last year was garbage, but the team there before it wasn't garbage, and uh, they got they gentleman sweep them. Um, I just I, I still want the Raptors to win. You know, fuck the Warriors. I don't want to win another title, but we <laughs> sometimes you got to step back and like appreciate how great something is. Uh, and they they're, they're going to go down as one of the most iconic basketball teams sports teams ever um and quite frankly unlike the patriots they don't have any cheating scandals to their name as far as we know
2: nope not a single one
1: <laughs> all right well we'll wrap it up there uh we got one of my colleagues from Baller coming out next week so if you have fantasy questions feel free to shoot them at us you can email us Ramstock 9445 at gmail.com just mention you're emailing in about butting heads. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TalkRams, at SteveRibero, at johnny 5 you ask us anything, we'll answer it on the pod if you want us to. Uh, and Facebook, you can find us, facebook.com slash Ramstalk. And don't forget, you can get the podcast wherever you're getting it, wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify, and Clutch Points. For Johnny, this is Steve. We'll talk to you guys next week.